Well, it's a great privilege to be speaking about the Lord Jesus and in particular to be looking at this section from Matthew's Gospel, a section that speaks of healing. A clear picture is what Matthew paints for us of Jesus coming into the lives of people who are sick, people who are desperate, people who are diseased, and as they engage with Jesus, as he engages with them, their lives are transformed. And that's really my prayer this morning, as we engage with Jesus, as we become more aware of our sin and the realities of the fallenness of our world, we would come closer to Jesus and we would find his healing and know his forgiveness. We've picked up a section that started in chapter 8. And some of us might know that uh, sections, sorry, chapters 5 to 7 speak of the Sermon of the Mount. And so chapter 8 starts with Jesus coming down from the mountain. He's been up on the mountain teaching his disciples there in chapters 5 to 7. And the crowds are astonished. The crowds are astonished as Jesus teaches up on the mountain. But they're also astonished as Jesus now comes down from the mountain. They can't get enough of Jesus. And that's the way chapter 8 starts. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. These crowds which heard him teach are magnetised by him. Because Jesus was attractive. He was attractive as he taught. And he was also attractive as he healed, as he engaged with people. See, Jesus is someone who is compelling. And that's really what we want to discover this morning. We want to discover how Jesus is compelling. See, Jesus doesn't lift up an unattainable standard like in the Sermon on the Mount, the gospel doesn't end at chapter 7 with Jesus just teaching. No, the gospel of Matthew continues past the Sermon of the Mount. And here we have in chapter 8 this transition from Jesus' teaching to Jesus' miracles. Because we have in the gospel not only the words of Jesus recorded, but we have his unique and captivating works. See, if all the gospel of Matthew was about Jesus' words, it would not be good news. But what we have in the gospel of Matthew is both the words and the actions of the Lord Jesus, and those words and actions combined are good news. Chapter 8 starts a section, a new section in the gospel, From chapters 8 to 12, Matthew shows us the power of Jesus. He shows us the power of Jesus in um, in nine uh, engagements of Jesus with those who are around him. And these nine works of Jesus are broken up by two stories of Jesus calling his disciples. What we're going to see this morning is Jesus is still compelling. Now, for many people, when they think about Christianity, they don't necessarily dispute that Jesus is compelling. People normally 
actually have reservations about Christianity uh, around other things. Many people have reservations about the institution of the church or the lives of Christian people or even the concept of Christian morality. But many people are still attracted to Jesus, even with the hesitations that they might have around the institution of the church or about the lives of Christian people or about what Christian morality is. And I think if, if we are a Christian person, this reminds us what we see in the Gospel of Matthew is really Jesus is all that we have. And in fact, Jesus is all that we've ever had. Jesus is still compelling, despite the actions of Christians, despite the failure of the institutional church, despite people's misgivings about what Christian morality might look like, Jesus is still compelling. Because for us as Christians, Jesus is all that we've had and he's all that we need. And in the gospel we see that there is this extraordinary range of people who are attracted to Jesus. In fact, all types of people are attracted to him because Jesus offers so much. What we're going to see in chapters 8 to 12 over the next couple of months is that he also demands much. There is so much that Jesus offers. But as people come to Jesus, there is so much that they don't want to give him. And I think that's the case for us, for those of us who are even Christian, for those of us aren't. We know that in one sense Jesus has much to offer, but we also know that there's much we don't want to give him. Jesus is compelling. What we're going to see this morning is he's compelling. Particularly, we're going to see his engagement here with a leper. We're going to see the plight of the leper. We're going to see the power of Jesus' tender touch. And we're going to see the wisdom of Jesus' new way. So firstly, the plight of the leper. In the ancient world, leprosy was one of the most terrible diseases. There was no medical treatment. And the disease caused the body to rot away, leading to inevitable death. Most people considered lepers virtually dead, dead already, hopeless, helpless. People didn't want to help lepers. It was a waste of their time. There was nothing that could be done. And if that wasn't bad, what was worse perhaps is that as people died with less leprosy, it had social implications. It separated those who had leprosy from the rest of the world. In fact, uh, those who had leprosy were required, even as they approached people, even as they approached people to call out of themselves, unclean, unclean, to warn anyone in proximity to get away from them. No one dared come close to a leper, let alone touch one. In fact, it was illegal even to greet a leper. Lepers were not allowed to share in the services within the synagogue 
or worship in the temple at Jerusalem. In fact, lepers were barred from Jerusalem and from most walled towns. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter that no one would want to touch you or that no one could touch you. Because leprosy also stole any sense of bodily sensation, the ability even to receive or feel touch. Such was this man's plight, socially starved, touch-starved, hopeless and helpless was this man. And there, in his helplessness, there, as he's distant and marginalised in society, there in the middle of his plight, this man encounters Jesus. And we have this moving and remarkable transition there in verse 2 of chapter 8 as this leper, this social outcast, this medical disaster comes before Jesus there in verse 2 and kneels before him and says to Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In this remarkable interaction between Jesus here, this teacher, the one who has just come down from the mountain from the schoolroom, he is now confronted with the hospital. And we have here, as Matthew records it, a question. We have Jesus' touch and we have Jesus' words. Because before Jesus touches this man, we have this question that the leper in his desperation asks. He says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I think the question is not in the, in the leper's mind, is not really uh, asking, is Jesus able? Because this leper somehow knows that Jesus is able. But the leper's question is, is Jesus willing? And this is the wonderful thing about the Lord Jesus. This is the remarkable thing. This is the reason that we have good news from the Lord Jesus. Is that not only is Jesus able, but beautifully and wonderfully, Jesus is always willing. This man, in desperation, falls before Jesus, begging him, to heal him. And Jesus extends his hand in response to his question. He says there in verse 3, I am willing. Because this is why Jesus came. Jesus came to enter into not the perfection of humanity and its beauty, But ultimately, Jesus came to enter the imperfection of humanity. He came into the darkness and into the fallenness 
of our world and he came to heal it, to turn upside down what for us is so natural, disease, death and decay. And Jesus puts forth his hand. He reaches out his hand to meet this leper. And there Jesus, by his own act and effort, was determined to enter this man's pain and enter his life. And he offers him not just his hands, but he offers him his words there of cleansing, of healing, be clean. These short and sharp, powerful words are words of a king who rules our world and who so easily and so willingly offers healing and forgiveness to all who come before him. What a moment that would have been for that leper. What a moment it would have been, the nervousness, the hesitation. You can hear it in his question, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And then to hear the words from Jesus, be clean. What joy that leper would have felt. What amazement those who surrounded Jesus would have seen and felt. And there's an immediacy to this miracle. The leper doesn't have to wait. He doesn't have to come back next week. The miracle is instant. The cure is instant. Is instant. He spoke and it was done. These are words of a powerful king. See, Jesus left his throne in heaven to come to us and to come into the reality of disease and sickness and darkness and sin. And as remarkable as it is, as, as Jesus would heal this leper, it is far more remarkable that Jesus would leave the throne of heaven to come to us and to bring this healing. See, Jesus is no ordinary person. Uh, many would want to accept the Sermon of the Mount as wonderful teaching, but the miracles of Jesus are just something that for some, as they consider Christianity, are hard to take, are hard to believe, are hard to understand. But here, what we have is no ordinary person. We have the King of Heaven who has come to earth. And we have God himself. And we have a supernatural power at work. And those who saw this supernatural power worshipped Jesus. They would not have worshipped Jesus if it weren't for his supernatural power. As this man is healed, Jesus instructs him to show himself to the priest. You see, on the one hand, Jesus breaks the law, but on the other hand, he keeps it. And this is my third point, the wisdom or Jesus' new way of living. Because for Jesus to touch this man with leprosy, he was in clear breach, plainly 
and pointedly, he broke the law. And for Jesus, there is a principle here that operates. There are, in fact, two principles here that operate. Firstly, we see that for Jesus, people are always more important than rules. And Jesus would break this law in order to bring this man to God and God to this person. But at the same time, Jesus here, um, Jesus here, um, Jesus respects the law and he indicates to the leper to go and show himself to the priest. See, doesn't, Jesus doesn't fall for the trap of two extremes. In one sense, he isn't a rebellious revolutionary overthrowing tradition. But at the same time, he's free from the prejudice often that traditions bring. See, he, Jesus sees this man's need. And Jesus, in this moment, wants to conserve the very best of the old and show a new way of living. He tells this man to go and show himself to the priest. Previously in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has said that he's not come to abolish the law, but to fulfil it. And here we see, in one sense, Jesus doing that very thing. The fact that one greater than Moses has come. The fact that in the leper showing the priest... He's showing the priest what the priest could not do, what the law could not do in cleansing this man from leprosy, in cleansing the disease of sin that it represented. We see Jesus as the fulfiller of the law as he cleanses this man. So finally, what does this mean for us? Well, there are a couple of things I think that it means for us. Firstly, we see that Jesus here wonderfully and compassionately comes to this man. We see that Jesus is unafraid of the contamination of the disease, as we might be. Many of us are fearful of contamination of the coronavirus. But we're reminded here that the one who holds our lives and who cares for us was not fearful of contamination. In fact, in the presence of Jesus, the very opposite contamination occurs. It was Jesus' power and love that contaminated the leper, not the leper that contaminated Jesus. It wasn't a transfer of disease from the leper to Jesus, but of life and health from Jesus to this man. See, we're reminded this morning that there is no one who is beyond Jesus. There is no depth that he will not go. He is unafraid of meeting us in any moment of our lives, at any moment of despair, misery, shame, guilt and sin. The truth is that we are far more afraid of Jesus for the wrong reasons than he is of us. And so Jesus invites us. And Matthew, I think, records this story as an invitation, as an invitation to all who know 
that the reality of sin holds them back from others. The reality of sin is like a disease that eats us from the inside out. And so we, we come before Jesus. We come before Jesus as the one who heals from our disease, who will ultimately heal from death in the resurrection that we share with him. But we see with Jesus that he is one who heals. And we see with Jesus that he is not one who heals from a distance. Jesus is one who heals when we come close to him. So we need to come to Jesus like this leper came. We need to come to Jesus knowing our helplessness, knowing our hopelessness. And we need to come to Jesus and ask him to heal us because he is always able and he is always willing. I'm going to pray that we might trust Jesus as the one who brings healing. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would allow us to come close to the Lord Jesus and that we would know his healing. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Friends, um, Jenny, who read our Bible earlier, is going to bring a second reading to us before she leads us in prayer. But before Jenny reads and prays, I'm going to ask her to join us here.